Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and we are here on our 780th day together in God's Word. More than two-thirds of the way through our three-year journey, we're heading for day 1095 will be our last day in God's Word together. And uh, let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we look to Proverbs 21 today and look for wisdom from God. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word, which is rich, full of a variety of truth, all from you. You give us truth in various forms. We've been in Song of Solomon, this beautiful love poem and romantic celebration of marriage and intimacy and First Thessalonians, which has great gospel theology, and now in Proverbs, which has great wisdom for life, we pray that you would be our teacher. We pray that you would write the words of wisdom on our hearts, that we might receive them from you, and that we might live them, and that we, may, we might see Christ, who is the embodiment of wisdom, even here in Proverbs 21, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs 21. The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. To do justice and righteousness is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Haughty eyes and a proud heart the lamp of the wicked are sin. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. The violence of the wicked will sweep them away because they refuse to do what is just. The way of the guilty is crooked, but the conduct of the pure is right. It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. The soul of the wicked desires evil. His neighbor finds no mercy in his eyes. When a scoffer is punished, the simple becomes wise. When a wise man is instructed, he gains knowledge. The righteous one observes the house of the wicked he throws the wicked down to ruin. Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. A gift in secret averts anger and a concealed bribe strong wrath. When justice is done, it is a joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. One who wanders from the way of good sense will rest in the assembly of the dead. Whoever loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. The wicked is a ransom for the righteous and the traitor for the upright. It is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. Whoever pursues righteousness and honor, sorry, righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. So you pursue righteousness and kindness, and you find life, righteousness, and honor. Get that straight. A wise man scales the city of the mighty, 
and brings down the stronghold in which they trust. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Scoffer is the name of the arrogant, haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. The desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hand refuses to labor. All day long he craves and craves, but the righteous gives and does not hold back. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. How much more when he brings it with evil intent? A false witness will perish, but the word of a man who hears will endure. A wicked man puts on a bold face, but the upright gives thought to his ways. No wisdom, no understanding, no counsel can avail against the Lord. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. So we're in Proverbs 21, which means we're just over two-thirds of the way through the book of Proverbs. There's 31 total chapters, and we're on 21 here today. And really this, remember Proverbs was written by Solomon, who was king of Israel, the most powerful and wealthiest and wisest king that Israel ever had. Jesus, of course, is wiser and more powerful as king of kings and lord of lords, but the the richest, most powerful, and wisest earthly king that Israel ever had was Solomon. And he's writing this as an advice from a father to a son. So he's writing this advice from a king who's currently serving on the throne to his son, who will be king and will be serving on the throne after Solomon dies. And so he writes this for his son, probably when his son is about a teenager. So this chapter, I think, focuses more not 100% exclusively, but it focuses more on the kinds of advice that a king needs in order to rule well. And the first thing is to know that the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. Everyone and everything is under the sovereign rule of God. God reigns supreme over all things and over all people. And so we all need to know that. We all need to take that to heart. We all need to take that seriously because God turns things according to his will. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. We all think we're right, right? Whenever someone accuses, you just think you're right about everything. The answer is, of course I do. Don't we all? Like, you don't think you're wrong about things, do you? Because if you thought you were wrong, you wouldn't think that way anymore. You change your viewpoint because you want to be right about everything. So, of course, you think you're right about everything, but that doesn't mean you are right about everything, right? So I may think I'm right about everything, but I also know that I'm not right about everything. So keep that, right? Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Much of what we're wrong about, we're wrong about because we underestimate the, the deceitfulness of our own hearts, right? Prophet Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all else and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We don't even know our own hearts, but the Lord weighs the heart. The Lord knows our hearts. So in life, it is better to do justice and righteousness than sacrifice. You could work hard, give a lot of money to the church, serve diligently. But if you're doing, if you're intentionally pursuing wickedness and perverting justice, that's not good. That's not good. Many kings in the ancient world were notorious for 
how much they would sacrifice up to God. Solomon is well known in the history of Israel for how much he sacrificed to God at the dedication of the temple. But what God valued more than all those sacrifices, all those thousands of animals, is his righteous and just conduct as the leader of God's people. One of the things that most undermines righteousness and justice, one of the things that comes from our heart, is pride. Haughty eyes and a proud heart, the lamp of the wicked, are sin. Pride is the root sin. It really brings forth all other kinds of sin in our lives because we think that we are the most important one and that we should always have our way. We should make diligent plans because that leads to abundance. We should not be hasty because that leads to poverty. And that's true in leadership as well. A king who has a careful and diligent plan and who pursues it can bring abundance to the whole land, but hastiness to say, oh, let's try this and then let's try this and then let's try this, that doesn't generally work super well. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue. There will be lots of people who surround a king and who tell them, oh, well, if you just lie to this person, you can get rich. You can take advantage of this situation. You can get one over on this person. But the getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. Violence, guilt, quarrelsomeness, wickedness, all of these things are very common in our world. They seem to have a, an immediate sort of effect, but ultimately they are futile. Ultimately, they don't work. Violence of the wicked is going to sweep them away because they don't do what's just. The way of the guilty is crooked. The conduct of the pure is upright. So it may be harder to be pure than to be guilty in the moment. It may be easier just to sort of give in and do what you know is not right, but it's going to get you what you're looking for quicker. But in the end, it doesn't work. That's a crooked way, and it's the conduct of the pure that's upright. And and the soul of the wicked desires evil, uh, and it doesn't you don't you don't get what you what you want. The wicked are thrown down to ruin, verse 12 says. God is sovereign. Remember, God is the one who gets his way. He's ruling over all things. So if you're pursuing wickedness, if you're saying, Well, I'll just cut corners here and I'll just cheat a little bit here and I'll just lie a little bit here so that I can get what I want, in the end, God is going to look upon that, verse 12. And he's going to throw it down into ruin. It's not going to work out well. right? Um, <clears throat> one who wanders from the way of good sense, verse 16, will rest in the assembly of the dead. There's warning against loving pleasure and loving wine. Again, that's another way that we can be corrupted into doing what is foolish, is if we're pursuing pleasure. Laziness is a way that we can avoid doing what we know is right and end up doing what is wrong and selfish. The love of pleasure, the desire to get rich by ill-gotten means, right? All of these are ways, and they're all mentioned here in Proverbs 21, because they're all ways that we get off of the path of righteousness and justice and onto paths of wickedness. We're too lazy to do what we know is right and good. We're going to try the shortcut. We want to get rich, and we don't care who we have to hurt to get there, and that will lead us into wickedness, or we're addicted to much pleasure and we just want to have a good time and we're not going to think about the consequences, that will lead us off the path of righteousness and justice and into uh, destruction. And so what, what do we need to do? We need to pursue righteousness and kindness, verse 21 says, and then you'll find life, righteousness, and honor. Do what is right, 
be kind to others, treat other people the way you'd want to be treated. Jesus did this perfectly his whole life. Jesus always did what was right. He always pleased his heavenly father. He fulfilled the law in all aspects of his conduct, and he was kind to others. He treated others with respect, with generosity, with kindness, with patience. He healed, he fed, he prayed, he taught. So Jesus wasn't wealthy by the eyes of the world, by the measures of the world. He never lied to get his way. He wasn't living a life of idleness or a life of self-indulgent pleasure. He lived the life that we're all supposed to live, the way that we're all supposed to live it, by trusting in God, by doing his will, by walking in paths of righteousness, and by treating others with kindness and upholding justice. He wasn't a scoffer. He wasn't um, foolish. He wasn't given to cravings. No, he was self-controlled, he was upright, he honored God. And in the end, he was the most blessed man who ever lived. And he is the righteous one who is our righteousness and our peace. And so if we belong to him, we should walk in the ways that he walked in. We should live the way that he lived, with integrity, with uprightness, with a desire to honor God, with truth-telling. Ultimately, in the end, we began Proverbs 21 with the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord like a stream of water. He turns it wherever he goes. And then we end with the wisdom and the power of God triumphing over everything else. Verses 20 and 21, or 30 and 31. No wisdom, no understanding, no counsel can avail against the Lord. God's wisdom, God's truth will prevail. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. God has power to bring victory. God has wise counsel to bring the truth, and nothing else is going to overthrow him. And God has the power to bring victory, and nothing else is going to bring him down. We need to trust God. I know I say that, and it's easy to say. It's easy to say in the context of the devotional where we're looking at Proverbs 21, but then later today or later this week, we'll be tempted We'll be tempted to laziness and apathy. We'll be tempted to deceit. Maybe this little white lies to avoid difficult situations, maybe. We'll be tempted to cut corners. We'll be tempted to try to get our own way through less than honest and upright means. Those things are wrong. We need to see them for what they are. Arising out of pride and selfishness, they are crooked and they will be judged by the Lord. Instead, we must walk in the way that is right and just, treating others with kindness, following Jesus, trusting the wisdom of God more than the wisdom of the world, trusting the power of God more than the power of the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Jesus, our Savior. Thank you for his great wisdom. Thank you for his perfect righteousness. Thank you for his overcoming victory in his resurrection and eternal reign. Help us to follow Jesus in everything in life, to walk as he walked, to trust you as he trusted you, to be about your business just the way that he said he needed to be about your business. Help us to focus on those things and to live our lives according to your word and your spirit, trusting in your power and provision and presence and seeking your glory in all things. Help us to do this really, Father, today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining me for Proverbs 21. I do hope you have a blessed day in the Lord.